0: Terms and conditions
1: apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Game, touchdown, touchdown Panther. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule. Presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com.
2: Good snap, good spot, and the kick is away. This kick is no good, just short. That was good. Right, right down, down the, middle. the middle and just a little short.
0: My challenge to them was, you know, regroup, come back, play Thursday night, um, you know, get to the halfway mark of the season and, and and see if we can't be one of those teams coming down the stretch that people have to look
1: out for. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Just exactly like that Joey Sly, 65-yard field
2: goal. The Panthers' effort in New Orleans fell just short yesterday. It was a narrow loss to a good football team, the New Orleans Saints. While we wait on Coach Matt Rule wrapping up some local media to join us on Panther Talk, it's our broadcast roundtable brought to you by GEICO. Great news, there's a way you can save big. You switch to GEICO, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. With Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson, it's Mick uh, Jeannie and the Zoke, how impressed were you both that the Panthers were able to play another clean, efficient, low mistake, low penalty, no turnover game, taking care and tidying up some of the issues that had played Carolina against Chicago the week prior?
3: You know, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that one of the things that we've been proven to do is play clean football, and it's been progressing, you know, ever since we started, uh, what, 0-2. And, and it's been getting better and better. And the other thing that you really like about this team, not only the clean football that's being played, but the energy and competition level too. I mean, every game that they've played so far, they've been in in the game. I mean, they've been, really been in the game. And if it's not for a play here or play there, we could be looking at a team that would have four or five wins. And so I like what Coach uh, Rule is selling. I, I, I really I've really been enjoying the game, but I think that there's so much – there's so much more to us that that's going to unfold.
4: I agree with what you you both said in terms of just uh, when you don't have big turnovers, you don't have one penalty for five yards. Um, you play clean football. That's going to leave you in a lot of opportunities uh, to win games. And I thought that was another example of that yesterday.
2: Matt Rule joins us now live on the Matt Rule Show, brought to you by Morris Jenkins, Coach. How much time did you spend with your team? with the, the loss to new Orleans and what was your message about yesterday's game to your ball club?
0: Uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 coaches on each side of the ball, you know, they went through, you know, key corrections and things we had to, you know, address from yesterday's game. Um, you know, I always have a team meeting. Um, well, you know, I had a team meeting today and I, uh, I addressed, you know, some of the things from yesterday and then, and then looked ahead. And that, that's kind of how I approach each and every week, you know? So, um, I I truly believe that there's always truth, you know, both good and bad and and wins and losses. And I think it's uh, what great teams do is that they, 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 they find the truth um, regardless of the outcome. And so for me, it was, Hey, here's the things we have to improve upon. Um, Here's the things I like that we did well. And and the overall message was, look, you know um, you know, we, we didn't do a great job on defense on third down Um, offense. We had the ball with a chance to go in. And you know what, we, we've had a chance in three of our four losses. We've had the ball in our hands at the end of the game with a chance to go win the game. And so, um, you know, we, we've had three last shots. And so we're not the team we want to be yet. We have to continue to improve, but look, look, look how grave a job we're doing. it. It's still being in the game and still having these exciting games. And so let's just all improve just a little bit and, um, and, and, and turn these tight, tight losses into tight, tight wins.
3: And coach, we know that one of the biggest stats as a defense is always third down percentage. How how are you able to get off the field or stay on the field? And I know that you said you guys are working on that, and there's been some things um, that may have contributed to this. Coach, have you have you been able to outline a pinpoint, put your finger on what is, exactly is going on with the third down situations, whether it's third down eleven, or third down the seven, third down and four?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those deals where it's it's uh, it's. Um it's, it's kind of a different thing at different times, you know? And so, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a holding, we stop them and it's a holding call. It's man to man. And, 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 you know, we get, you know, they did, they catch the ball for six yards on third and five Um, it's being in third and short, you know, and us not being efficient, stopping the run, you know, on tight, tight, tight plays. So I, I think it's, it's really, to be honest with you, it's a myriad of different things. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we we just, we just have to, we have to do it better. And I I know that's, you know, sometimes that's like the um, that's like the hard you know, the hard way to look at it, but that's the only way to look at it is coaches, players, everybody, we have to be better on third down defense. And, you know, we brought pressure, we played zone, we, you know, we we attacked a bunch of different things. I think if there's one consistent uh, I would say it's one constant, I would say it's tackling, you know, you have someone in third and 14 and they, they throw a shallow cross. We, We have to be able to get the ball carrier down and, um, um, I think if we tackle better, uh, especially if we tackle the back better, we have a better number there.
3: And, and quick, co- coach, a quick follow up: is that m- maybe because of youth and the fact that th- this is a very, very young, energetic team defensively? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you know, you know, the, the, the message I, I always have is you know, there's a standard of being a Carolina Panther, and so I, I tell the guys like I, I don't care if you're young or old, this is how you have to play. Now that being said, I also tell the young guys you know, learn from these things. You know, I saw we're getting on the plane and guys are walking by me and a couple guys are, you know, young guys are a little bit, you know, beating up, beating themselves up. And I say to them, hey, listen, you know, t- take today as a take today as a lesson, like you're going to play these guys for the next four, five, six, seven, eight years, twice a year. And um, the game came all the way down the wire. We had a chance to win the game. So go back and learn from it. And that's the message to me is, hey, they, they can't be an excuse. Young guys have to play like vets. Everybody has to play to the same standard. Yet you, you can also, as a young player, uh, learn from it. And, th- and that's why I hope that we did. And that's why we spent time talking about the game today.
4: Coach, of course, an unusual week when you come off a road game and now you've got a Thursday game against Atlanta. So kind of a two-part question uh, as far as you're getting on the practice field today. A lot of folks obviously out there listening, interested in in hearing whatever update you're able to provide on where Christian McCaffrey is right now in his recovery. And then also kind of take us uh, through what today was about on the practice field and how you work these next uh, two days coming up getting ready for that Thursday game.
0: A, today. Uh, today was you know an introduction for our first and second game plan. That's usually how we break it down. We do one day first and second down, one day devoted to third down, one day devoted to the red zone. And so today was a today was a day devoted to first and second down game plan. You know, running the ball, play actions, all those different things. Um, we're fortunate, and, and you know, and, and they're fortunate that we both played each other. You know, two, you know, two weeks ago, whatever it was. So um, you know, I think we I think we all are pretty familiar with with the, you know the personnel. Um, so I bet that that was kind of the focus. And in terms of Christian, you know, he's, he, he was out there today. Obviously he's not able to practice. He's still on IR. Um, You know, he's chomping at the bit to come back. And so, um, you know, as soon as they release him, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use him. And uh, uh, I trust our medical people and I trust him, you know, that they won't let him come back until he's ready. And so if he's, you know, if he's ready this week, great. If not, if it's next week or the week after, whenever it is, um, Whenever it is, you know, we're going to roll. But it was great to have him back on the field with us.
2: Matt Rule on Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins. Coach, it's been fun getting to know a little bit about your coaching style and how you how you think and, and how you coach and how you strategize. Situation like yesterday, fourth and uh, 18 or whatever it was, and then a long field goal by Joey Sly. How much does Matt Rule, the head coach, rely on intuition in that situation versus your metrics and kind of what you've, what you've pre-planned going into the football game?
0: Well, I think, I think it's, you know, you know, Bill Gates once said information is a reduction of uncertainty. So, you know, we start every game and we say, you know, Hey, what's the field goal line and what's the you know end of game end of half field goal line. And so, you know, you say, Hey, it's, you know, it's, it's 47, 48 yards end of game. It's, you know, the 40 middle of the game. And, and, and you have that information kind of going in, right. Obviously it being a dome, it makes it much more constant. and um, And then you have just percentages in your head of, you know, here, here's what the average fourth and five is fourth and 10 is. And so that's a, you know, that's not a, that that's, that's a difficult situation to be in. Um, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, I know this, I know Joey's fly, if he hits it right, uh, can, can kick a ball that far. So um, we, we put it on, we put it on his, his shoulders. He, he, he stood up for his team and he was willing to go out there and, and take a shot at it. And I thought, I thought he took a great shot. And so um but yeah, I think that you know that all comes down to hey, you know, uh, you know what the numbers are ahead of time, the planning, and um, you know you don't ever want to go off completely off gut feel. But I do want my players to know that I trust them, and I gave Joey the shot, and I thought he uh, thought he took his best
3: shot. And coach, you know that players could be so introspective and and take on more burden than, than what they sometimes should. So what was your message to Joey Sly? Valiant effort, just missed by a yard, if you will. What was your message to him, coach?
0: I thank them for going out there, you know, to me, I, I see. I, I, you know, I, I, I believe in like, I, I believe in the courage it takes to 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 step out on the field and, and have everybody watching you to be, you know, to be the proverbial, you know, man in the arena. And um, I know that, that, that the courage it takes. And so I, I looked at him and said, can you make it? And he said, yes. And you know what, he can make it. And he almost did make it. And um, um, so I appreciate guys that step out. It, it's so much easier for guys to kind of hang in the periphery and, and, and play. But what I love is I love the guys that, that step out there and want want the ball in their hands to take the last shot. And uh, he went out there and, and, and he took a great swing at it. And so I said, Hey, I appreciate you. We'll get it next time. And that's, that's the approach I think you, you have to take. And, and, and I hope, uh, I hope uh, uh, when you do that, you hope that your players will always go out there and, and go to battle with you.
4: Bill Snow said during his uh, Zoom press conference last week to to keep an eye on Brian Burns the next five to six weeks is the, the time frame he put on. He said this kid's about ready to take off the way he's been playing the last few weeks. And then he goes out and gets his third strip sack uh, of a quarterback uh, of the season, only seven games in. Uh, so Matt, what do you see out of Brian Burns that, that he's playing at almost an elite level right now in terms of his development?
0: Well, I'm very pleased with Brian. Um, the thing that I said to him is, 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 and I think it's what I love about him is, you know, the key for him is to be a complete and total dominant player. You know um, you know, as a pass rusher, you can be dominant three, four, five snaps a game and that, and that's all it takes. And people notice you, but, you know, Brian wants to be so much more and we're using him in so many different ways. You know, he dropped it, almost tipped the ball yesterday. We're dropping him. We're rushing him. We're playing, you know, he's fitting gaps. He's playing linebacker. He's doing so many different things. And what I, you know, what I want from him is I want him to be dominant 20, 25, 30 plays a game. And I want him to be dominant versus the run. And I want it. and that's what he wants. And so I like the way he's approaching that. I like the way he's, he's not just being, um, you know, not just being okay with 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 the great things that he's doing, but trying to do more. I mean, that to me is the key to being a great player, and uh, um, he's 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 trying to do it.
2: Fantastic, Coach Rule. Appreciate you so much. Uh, continue. Good luck in um, in this season, and good luck in your preparations too for Atlanta Thursday night. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. All right, you, that Coach. is Matt Rule. Fun to talk to Matt Rule about football, and it's the Matt Rule Show brought to you by Morris Jenkins and Zoken. the Jeannie Robster and I will come back with more. We'll continue with our broadcast roundtable. And I have a story to tell on Eugene that I've gotten past, but it still uh, left somewhat of a mark, and it has to do with the game yesterday. (laughs) That'll be next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
5: Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. Most people think my first name is Morris, but it's not. It's Dewey. Mr. Morris was the name of the man I bought the company from back when I was young. I'd like to take a few moments to say how proud we are to be Panther sponsors. When I told the team at Morris Jenkins, you would have thought I was sending them on a free trip to Hawaii. We're here for the Panthers, and we're here for you too, whenever you need us.
1: This is Panther Talk presented by morris jenkins on the carolina panthers radio network
2: on second and long bridgewater from a clean
6: pocket leans
1: oh, back
2: a yeah. wide open receiver more he catches it and will score a touchdown the long bomb to dj Moore. we're uh, obviously
0: hurting right now so finding the positives is, is, is a little bit hard you know there's a lot of missed opportunities out there um it's like any game though you go back you watch the tape there'll be lots of good things on the tape there'll be uh, lots of things we need to improve, but um, you know I'm always proud of our effort. I thought our guys gave great effort. I Thought they tried to improve during the week, and uh, but you know at the end of the day we just uh, we came up short.
1: Panther talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network.
2: Yes, it does. Mick, along with Zoke and Genie Rob, and it was nice to have Matt Rule on the show last segment. But now getting back to me. Uh, <laughs> as uh <laughs> yeah. as Panther I'll, talk with Mick Mixon as, as i frequently <laughs> say i don't coach the team from the press box although there have been sundays around here where that's not the worst idea that i ever heard so a couple of years ago i'm thinking New Orleans, from, from Louisiana, years, for previous years. Previous years, yes. not this yes, regime. I'm no, no, trying no, no, to help
4: no, you before no, something bad the, happens to you.
2: Talking about the old regime, and then the regi- older, like even older Sefer, regime, old even like George Seifert, like the George Seifert right? A yeah. long time ago. Right. So a couple years ago, I'm thinking New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, Drew Brees. They're scripted. <laughs> they're highly efficient. They come out, make you look like you're on rollerblades, and they almost always go 75 yards in 13 plays. Zip, zip, zip. Crowd going wild. Seven nothing Saints before you even touch the ball. There's a chance, though to avoid that, and that is if you win the coin toss, uh-huh. take the ball. Don't D- defer. Don't just do rely. So I lay all this out for Eugene Robinson, my buddy, my sidekick, my trusted <laughs> confidant <That's> my man, <laughs> on Mick. the practice field. <laughs> and he says <laughs> – exactly what he said. He says, Mick, I like the way you think, man. Mick, I like the way you think about football, man. You just That's a good that's idea. That's a great idea. That's what man. the Panthers should do. So then we have Coach Rivera uh-huh. on Panther Talk. And so I, got, I go through the whole <laughs> thing. I lay it all out for Coach. Coach Rivera looks at me like I've just you know, come from ke- the chemistry lab or from uh, taking a continuing education classes in art design or something. And uh-huh. he says, Mick, don't quit your day job. We, we're going to defer. So, and before I can even say that this is my day job, <laughs> Eugene says, I'm with Coach Mick.
3: <laughs> it was crickets. I'm with Coach Mick. And Mick had that look, that puzzled look on why I'm not with him. like, dude, I am with the coach. There you go.
4: You turned on him. I turned you on him. You turned Mick. on him.
3: I did. You synced it. I turned on him. <laughs> That's it. I love you, though, Mick. Well, I thought Mick, we had God. each other's back. We in do. All for one. One for all. Panthers on we three. Do. <laughs> we do,
2: except when you're wrong, or at least Coach thinks you are.
3: Yes. My God. There you go.
2: Wow. So that's, that's that's it for that segment. But not, we. I thought
4: you're holding a grudge about something that happened a number of years ago.
2: No. Yeah, I've moved past it for the most part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up, Mick. Injury right.
4: injury updates. We can all agree on these. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina, and they are. Uh, So John Miller, ankle injury, and Russell Okung with a calf injury. Among those not practicing today, Coach mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey out there but not cleared uh, off IR to be able to do any of the practicing yet. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. OrthoCarolina, your care, your way. No,
2: you know I love both you guys. uh, But in search of a player, a former player who would not turn on me, uh, I got Jake DeLoma on the phone a little while ago. Uh, this will uh, be
4: that, shoe, that shoe could be dicey for you. Yeah, we're going to – and it, it might just turnout. be.
2: We're going uh, <laughs> to check in with Jake, see what he thought about Teddy Bridgewater's performance in the game, et cetera. It's all next when Panther Talk continues. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
1: This is Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
2: Now the Panthers are going to go quickly. Varying the tempo. Samuel, over left tackle, touchdown, Carolina Panthers. Oh, You know, our mindset, just play all four quarters. No matter what the score is, play all four quarters like it's the beginning of the game. You know, we got to finish the game right. That's our mindset. You know, we gave ourselves a chance at the end of the game. We just got to do a better job of executing. But, you know, we're going to come back uh, come back tomorrow and figure it out, watch film, you know, move on to next week.
1: Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Soki, and Eugene Robinson with... Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
2: Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mick Mixon with great Jake, Jake DeLone, former Panther QB, uh, Louisiana native, and, of course, member of the uh, last year's Hall of Honor. Uh, Jake, I, I look at your sign. I can look out the window right now of our studio and see your name on the facade as the, the light's starting to fade here. What does it mean to you, and does it mean even more when, when a few months go by and a year has gone by now that, you, that you're a member of the, the class of, of the Hall of Honor and so important to so many people up here?
6: You know, I don't think it um, <laughs> it ever goes away. And, you know, to be quite honest, this year, not being in the stadium and not being around, I, I'm one, I miss the, um, you know, just being involved and being around, but two, that was pretty darn special. Uh, to see the name up there last year, to say the least. And uh, it's something I took great pride in. I still do. Um, And it's just I I, I still pinch myself sometimes when I think about it, to be honest.
2: Well earned on your part, of course. Did you – I know you were traveling this weekend, Jake. Have you had a chance to go back and look at a little bit of the the Panthers and the Saints from yesterday?
6: Yes, I was able to go back and and watch it. I caught some of it yesterday when I got back, and I I finished up watching. And, um, you know (laughs) – it, it it's like this team's so close and it's like they're they're close to turning it around and Mick, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I I'm not so sure I expected us to and I hate to use this word, I, I we're better than I thought. I, I don't know what we've got some we've got some talent and we play hard. You're seeing some different play out of guys that maybe I didn't see that last year and I'm I'm watching these guys play with a kind of a it's like they're better. They're, they're they're playing better than what I remembered seeing them last year. And some, yes, is youth, but even guys that, well, I'm not so sure how much he can help us. um, And I'm watching them play. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy wasn't like that last year. So you're kind of seeing, you're seeing some progress. Now you'd like to see progress on the scoreboard. And and I truly believe it's coming. Would Brian Burns fall into that, that category for you, Jake? (laughs) He he's at the top of the list, but mick last year he started out really really good for us and then when he had that club on his hand he was around the quarterback the ball so many times he would try to grab a ball carrier and he just couldn't grab because he had a club on his hand with the broken hand and i think that affected him tremendously but he gained 15 pounds from last year to this year he looks just as fast and his pass rush moves are just getting better and better, and he is going to be a big time force as the season goes on. But as the next couple of years start to go on, he is he is that guy just because of his length, his leverage, his speed, and his closing ability on the ball carrier, but more so on the quarterback.
2: The famous Jake Delhomme on Panther Talk with us. What do you see in Jake in in Teddy Bridgewater?
6: I'm seeing a quarterback that's better than I thought. I thought we we would have a and I use the word a bunch distributor of the football because of the weapons that we had, he looks like he's a guy we can maybe hang our hat on for, for some years to come. And I I read an interesting quote from Sean Payton this morning and talking about Teddy's performance yesterday. And Sean came out and said, Teddy moved better and faster than I ever remember him moving in new Orleans. And that's a Testament to Teddy's work ethic, the way he's gotten his body to play. What the training staff and the and the strength staff is doing with him, and maybe it's just it's taking time for the whole knee injury deal to, to come around and the confidence that he's playing with, but he's certainly looking good.
2: What are you hearing, and and what credit do you assign, Jake, to the Panthers having uh, maybe exceeded some expectations through seven games uh, about Matt Rule's ability to to build consensus, to to scheme, to strategize, and to get all this organized?
6: Well. <laughs> One, the team believes in him. That that's evident. That's evident the way they play. You, he has an edge to him when you watch him on the sidelines. When you watch him t- during the course of the game, I, I've gotten some clips on Panthers.com of him mic'd up during the game and listening to him talk to guys. And the one thing that I like the most that I think players embracing this is that hey, figure it out. We got to figure it out. Let's go. And it's all it's like a collective effort. But he is a belief that he has in these players. And it's like they're believing in themselves more. And that goes a long way as a player when you have a coaching staff that believes in you, because we've had to play many, many guys due to injuries this year. And it's kind of a next man up mentality, but just the, the edge that he brings and it, the little bit I was able to see of camp when we do the remote videos, but watching him on the field, watching this whole staff on the field, they're into it, like they're practicing with the players. There's something about it. It's just an energy, and that's carrying over on the field, and you're seeing that week in and week out.
2: The Atlanta game, Jake, seems like it's it's just a huge milepost with the ability for the Panthers, if they can handle it, to get to four and four at the halfway point. How would you handicap this this matchup with Atlanta coming in here Thursday night?
6: Well, listen, you're going to have a team that's extremely, they're down right now. There's no two ways about it, to, to lose the game like they did yesterday and then to be able to come in on a short week. Now, Raheem Morris is going to try to get this team turned around as quick as possible, just forgetting about uh, the game against Detroit, get them ready to go, division opponent, uh, national TV and all that. And they have a quarterback who I'm a big fan of. And Julio Jones, we all know what kind of great player he is, Calvin Ridley. But my, I think the thing for me, can we make him one-dimensional? Ty Gurley, we know there's been some knee issues along the way with him. That's why he's not with the Rams anymore. And he's really playing some pretty good football this year. How quick can he recover from playing on Sunday and, and then come back on Thursday night? That's something that I'm anxious to see. And if we can kind of control them into – maybe more of a one-dimensional uh, type of team and and try to get after Matt with the pass rush and get some things happening and make some plays because that game went down to the wire just a couple of weeks ago against Atlanta. Um, so home crowd, get some juice going and, and, and look for a win. This team won three in a row. There's nothing greater than that. And you've had uh, two tough losses in a row.
2: You sound great as always, Jake. We love talking to you. Appreciate your time and come see us when you can.
6: Man, I wish I could come see you guys tomorrow or Thursday night, but uh, that's just the way things are right now. But hopefully sooner rather than later. Thanks again. Yeah.
2: No doubt. That time's coming. That's Jake DeLome on Panther Talk. Stay tuned. We'll continue with our show presented by Morris Jenkins. But first, this timeout.
1: This is Panther Talk. Presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
2: Kamara swings out of the backfield in motion to the right. Breeze all alone. Panthers oh, go. Four, and Burns gets their backside. Ball is loose. Burns with the strip sack. Recovered by Haynes. Toss sweep coming right. More, more.
0: First down and a touchdown. Carolina leads. When you lose a game, you know obviously you're disappointed, but there's good things and that you have to build on. When you when you win a game, there's bad things that you have to correct. So you have, you have to just keep telling the truth. And um, we, uh, you know, we we did a lot of good things today. Um, that being said, situationally at the end of the game, you know, we can't take a sack and get us out of field goal range. You know, we have to stop the run. We have to, you know, we have to win third down in the red zone. So um, there's things that have to get better. Uh, I'm proud of this group. I think. You know, from where they were week one to now, they've
1: come a long, long, long way. Panther talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. The general manager of the
2: Carolina Panthers, Marty Herney, ducks into our Panther Talk huddle. Who played well in the New Orleans Saints game for, from a Panther perspective yesterday, Marty? I think you got to start with Teddy
7: Bridgewater, Mick. I mean, eighty-three percent of his passes and. You know, made some plays, got out of pressure and got a big, you know, first down, scrambling on third down. Unfortunately, we couldn't finish that final drive off, but I think that uh, he played extremely well. I think that Taylor Moulton, you know, you can say it every week, but Taylor keeps really playing at a very high level, I think, at right tackle for us. Ryan Burns obviously made some some difference-making plays and uh I think uh you know I I think Sam Franklin for his first start he 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 did some good things so there were a lot of guys I always hate leaving people out but as compared to the week before where we said you know we have a formula and we didn't do a lot of those things I think we did a lot of good things as far as the formula goes this this weekend and and uh yesterday and you get tired of saying we're close, but you feel like we're so close and the resiliency that this group shows every week is encouraging. I think that we're doing a lot of right things, heading in the right directions, have some, some good players and have to continue to to add personnel in certain spots, but you hate to lose, you hate to lose to a division opponent. It's just, but I, I, I feel like there were some really encouraging, Factor is out of that game now. You still you, you got to win games.
2: Trade deadline is coming up. What's your overall philosophy, Marty, on on trying to to do deals mid-season
7: Well, I think you're always talking to people. You're always making sure that there's not that deal out there that you're going to miss that you would like to have done. I think you just do a lot of listening, and and people are doing the same thing. They call up and. Just trying to find out if there's anybody that you're shopping or, or you have that they need. But I think that with all the attention it gets, I don't think there's that many deals done every year. So we'll see what this year is like. But you know, if, if you can improve yourself with the player and you, you think it's worth it, I think that you certainly think about it. And if there's uh, value for the future for somebody that that you uh, think that you um, can trade, I think that you listen to people. We do not call around and shop players. We're not looking to, to trade players, but it's really just, you know, a bunch of conversations at this point. And I think that most deals don't get done until you get closer to the deadline. And I don't think there's a lot of deals that, normally get done for the attention that the trade deadline gets let's
2: go back to Teddy Bridgewater for a moment Marty he has displayed not only that pocket awareness and ability to navigate and move about in the pocket and improve his position in the pocket but also a burst a suddenness to get out of jams if need be and figure something out has he surprised even you with uh with with the quick feet that he seems to have Really, you know,
7: Mick, that's the first thing I said when I, you know, and and we've looked at him for several years and that's the first thing that jumps out at me is his feet in the pocket. I think they're elite. And I think we've had that uh, conversation here before is that his feet inside the pocket and his ability to, to move laterally and avoid pressure, I think uh, is one of his many blue traits and then you know just his vision his his mastery right now at the line of scrimmage his ability to get rid of the ball quickly his accuracy you know his arm strength you saw the ball to DJ it, it he's playing extremely well right now i think the one thing that he would tell you and and we just and we would tell you is that you just we want to get to the point where we you know finish those late game drives and and we did that a few weeks ago as far as icing the game now it's coming back and and getting that go-ahead score and and you know you feel like we're making a lot of progress toward being able to do that he's just he's got such a skill set he's he's got such intangibles and he's a leader and and we couldn't be happier
2: Talking to Marty Herney on Panther Talk, just a couple last questions for the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, not trying to lead you into any headaches, of course, but I don't want listeners to be mad at me if I don't ask you if you know anything or can say anything about the timetable for Christian McCaffrey's return.
7: Yeah, I really don't. I mean, leaving that up to the doctors and when he's ready to come back, he'll come back. But I think that it's certainly a situation where, you're not going to push it. You're going to wait until, till. and Christian's going to be the first one to know when he's ready. Blame me, he knows he's so aware of his body and he'll be able to know when to come back. And, and I think even he knows that it's, you know, in everybody's best interest to, to wait until he's ready and not rush back. So we'll just wait until we get that word. I, I really do not have an idea of when he'll get back. I
2: have, Guesses, but that's all they are as guesses. Last question for you tonight on the show, martin We always appreciate talking with you. It, it seems as though the Panthers are winning special teams. That now the sample size with seven games is large enough where we can conclude that Chase Blackburn knows what he's doing and his units have made a difference. Is that fair to say as you as you view it? Very fair
7: and good timing after yesterday. Because listen, they came into the game. And their special teams are very good and have played a huge part in in their success in, in winning games. And I thought our coverage units did a phenomenal job yesterday. And, you know, it would have been fitting with, the, with as well as they played, it would have been fitting for that field goal to be about a half, go a half yard further. But Joey did a great, great job on that kick. I mean, before the game, as they always do, you know, you set a yard line where you have to be to uh consider kicking a field goal in that situation it was the 47 yard line that's where the ball was spotted um that's why we tried instead of fourth and 19 your your chances aren't very good and i tell you he hit it he hit it well it was right down the middle and there was a a time as the ball was in the air and it, it always seems like it's in there forever but you thought he had a chance and it just came up short but our special teams Played extremely well yesterday.
2: Achingly close on that field goal. It was incredible and uh well well described, Marty. I appreciate it. We'll let you get back to work. Thanks again, though, for being so generous with your time. Always a pleasure, Mick. Thank you. Marty Herney's segment is sponsored
4: by FanDuel. Do you play FanDuel, the Zook? I don't currently. I have in the past when they were um when we were doing the TV show. Yeah, back yeah, ago. I remember that. We did I it on that.
2: that. They've got the Gridiron Pick'em game, and it's free. And you can play it every week on your Panthers app, and you can win a grand, $1,000. So visit the Panthers store now to download your free app if you don't already already have it, and then get your free account started and get ready for the next game. FanDuel, official partner of the Carolina Panthers. So the Falcons come in Thursday night having lost their third game of the season where they had a 98% win chance late in the game. Eugene, have you ever seen anything or heard of anything like it in professional football?
3: No, and we always say that winning is contagious and so is losing is contagious. And then what happens in the psyche of the Atlanta Falcon players is that you think that you can't win a game, that somehow someone's going to mess it up on defense or someone's going to mess it up in the office or it's going to be a special team mishap. That's what happens when you lose. You find ways to lose the game.
4: And even our game, they had a chance to make that a tie game, and then uh, Matt Ryan gets intercepted by Burris in the end zone at the back of the end zone, that that, that slant back there. That could have been, again, that's another back-breaking play. It wasn't like the last play, like the one that happened yesterday. But that was just... Did you did you see it Eugene? They just yes. mishandled. I mean, they didn't have to even run plays and of course what happens is Gurley falls into the end zone, they give the ball back to Detroit and they come all the way down and score it at the end. I mean, they they totally could have handled the clock without ever giving the ball back. And I
3: thought that Gurley would actually take a knee on like the 2 or 3 yard. Yeah, we
4: well, don't wait to the half yard line to go whoa.
3: <laughs> you know, just just go take the knee down there and then just run out the clock to secure the win. But this, you know, what I it's like I always say is that Win is contagion, it's contagious, and losing is contagious. And you find ways to go ahead and give the team the other win. You just find ways to do it whenever you're in a, in a quandary that these guys find themselves in. Mm-hmm.
2: Here's the thing, though, as we go to break. Since the Panthers beat Atlanta 23-16 Week 5, the two games since then, Matt Ryan has been on fire. I mean, he has thrown five touchdowns, no picks, thrown for over 700 yards, got a passer rating of 120, and he's completing 74.4% of his passes. That's the last two games, one a win, one an Atlanta loss. And Julio's back. Yeah, and Julio's back. Mm -hmm. So we'll break this down a little more when we come back. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina
5: Panthers Radio Network. Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. Most people think my first name is Morris, but it's not. It's Dewey. Mr. Morris was the name of the man I bought the company from back when I was young. I'd like to take a few moments to say how proud we are to be Panther sponsors. When I told the team at Morris Jenkins, you would have thought I was sending them on a free trip to Hawaii. We're here for the Panthers, and we're here for you too, whenever you need us.
1: This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
2: Zook, I, I think, you know, there's a bigness to all NFL games, part of why we love the National Football League, but I'm thinking it's really not possible to overhype Thursday night's game with all that is riding on. Now, it's not playoff implication game, but as far as regular season games go this this early in the season, um, this this seems huge to me. How do you feel
4: about it? You know, it's, um, it's tough to lose a close game like you did Sunday against New Orleans, but then you have... Just three nights from now, a chance to vindicate, feel better, and 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 be four and four at the halfway point of the season, which I think a lot of people would have taken that at the beginning of the season and ran with it to be four and four at the halfway point uh, without the preseason and uh, basically a, a new coaching staff coming in with so many new players. So yeah, it's it's a big game I think for the Panthers and obviously Atlanta. You just laid it out in that last segment. I mean, they've lost so many games to lose that many close games means you were in all those games. And should have won except for one moment in the game that happened against you. So clearly, Eugene, they're good enough to to also be a team that should be about four and four, uh, except for the fact they didn't know how to close out a couple of games.
3: Yeah, and the problem is on defense they're giving up 333 yards per game. I mean that is a lot of yardage that you give it up, and I mean it's almost trying to make a four foot putt every single time, and it's breaking left to right. You're not going to be able to make that putt. It's just going to be very, very difficult. Nerves gets in. And so that's what I find I think the Atlanta Falcons find themselves in is that, one, they can't stop anybody defensively. And even if they do put up a lot of points, the other, the other squad could put up more points with just, just as many points. And then it comes down to who has that ball last. And so you, you never want it to be that, but that's what it's looked like for the Atlanta Falcons. And I hope those wolves continue.
2: Fascinated with Teddy Bridgewater and his abilities in the pocket, not just to maneuver in the pocket and find places where he can slot to a throwing lane, but also to get out of there if need be. We'll talk about that with the Zoke and Eugene when we come back and apply the final brushstrokes on tonight's Panther Talk show next.
1: Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network couple of minutes
2: left. Three and four Carolina Panthers try to get to five hundred at the, the halfway mark with the greatly detested Atlanta Falcons coming in here Thursday night. Anything about Teddy Bridgewater's game, Eugene, surprised you so far?
3: His accuracy. I mean, he's at 72% throwing the rock. I mean, that is absolutely insane. That's incredible. I mean, I know his quarterback rate is right around 100 but the fact that he's very careful with the ball, he doesn't really throw any interceptions. I mean, he steps up in the pocket. He he's, he surveys the field. And I made a living watching quarterbacks and lowering the, the idiosyncrasies and the nuances of quarterbacks. He is a polished quarterback. I mean, when he steps when he takes the stage, he's just really, really good. And you know he's going to deliver the ball and deliver the ball where it needs to be. And so I really like what I'm seeing. I like what he's selling.
4: He actually had a higher quarterback rating in that game yesterday than Drew Brees did. His was 128, and Brees was 118 in that game yesterday, and so I thought he played really toe-for-toe against uh, Drew Brees as far as uh, ability to play. Eugene, just to take that one negative play, though, the sack, does a quarterback, does it just have to get out regardless of circumstance? Obviously, the the O-line, Mike Davis could have helped him out there, but... But that just to take that one play with the, the kind of the field goal on the line was that so critical that he just needed to somehow get rid of that?
3: Yeah, but I, I think you gotta credit that to the the left side of the line and the and, and the running back if if you know if I'm being really honest because they're going to they're rushing, they got a little stunt that's going, coming inside. You want the bigs to stay on the bigs and you want the running back to go ahead and get on the, the defensive back who's coming off the edge. That's what should be the that's that's the easier matchup and now you had you had a running back, Mike Davis, on a real big, and Teddy was stepping up in the pocket never really saw it. and So, yes, you don't want to take a sack, but you're hoping that they work that out on the outside to give him the time to throw the ball because I thought he was just getting into rhythm to get ready to throw the up.
2: Bridgewater, I think, had Samuel long and left. Samuel had inside leverage. I think Bridgewater in that instant was thinking when he th- might have been thinking check it down or throw it away, saw that and was thinking touchdown in that extra half a beat. Could have been costly. Good show. Guys, also want to thank Byron and Wendell DL here in the studio for Jim Zoki, for Eugene Robinson. This is Mick Mixon. also want to thank Coach Rivera for being our guest, Jake DeLome and Marty Herney. It's been a good show. This is Panther Talk, and we'll see you Thursday night for football and then right back here Monday for more of this same kind of radio extravaganza on the Carolina
1: Panthers Radio Network. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit MorrisJenkins.com. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.